It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. The driver's seat. David Johnson's going to fight him all the way up to the line. Who'll get there first? Three left to go. Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. For Kubota, together we are building Australia. Oh, that's a bit of a shame. Oh, oh we ran out of batteries. <laughs> yeah, unfortunate there. Uh, sorry to all the KISS fans, but... Um, Oh, well, <laughs> I'm sure they'll be feeling... Oh, oh look, we're just having a bit of fun. <laughs> Obviously, it is a little bit disappointing that Kiss won't be at Newcastle this weekend, but... Oh, uh, that's no, That was... Oh, I, I didn't actually see that coming, mate, so well done, well done. Uh, but, um, yeah, it is a massive shame. I know there's a lot of people that really wanted to see them, but obviously, you know, they've had a pretty hectic schedule, so... Yeah. And they're not young guys, you know, they're 70-odd-plus, no. and... And, um, you know, my my thing is, I just hope his health's okay. I yeah. hope their health's okay. I know they're not well. So, um, but anyway, we'll uh, we'll move on. Heading forward to uh, to Newcastle, and um, mate, it's going to be a cracking weekend. The, the sort of pressure's off mm. off both off Super Two. Bryce Wall's got the wrapped up off Supercars. Scotty Max got the wrapped up, but the team's championship is not wrapped up, and that's going to go down to the wire. So it's going to be really cool to see. Now, all eyes, Stevie J, are on Newcastle, and even though this is only what this is only the third time that we've been to New, isn't it? It's uh, yeah, it is only the third time they've actually changed the track too. They've changed the hairpin coming down the back section of the track into that stadium area, second last corner. They've actually changed that this year to try to promote more passing. Mm. So they've actually added, I think, twelve odd meters of circuit there, um, and hopefully it, it promotes a little bit more passing under brakes into that that hairpin, which will which will be interesting to see how it uh, how it fares. Yeah, it certainly will be. And in the two year in the past two events that we've had in Newcastle, it has had a hell of a lot of history and it's a time, a great time actually, to look at this week's Bendix Breaks Big Moment. Now on the driver's seat, another Bendix Breaks Big Moment. Bendix, Australian technology for all-weather confident braking. Yeah, when it's time to change your brakes, fit Bendix Breaks and don't accept anything less. We've... Uh, talked at length uh, throughout last year's championship um, about Newcastle 2017, which is a very big heartbreak for Scotty Mack. Uh, but 2018 wasn't exactly the easiest run of the mill f- for uh, Scotty Mack too, because let's relive race uh, race 30 on the Saturday. That's the battle for the championship right there. He's got Van Gisbergen up on the outside of him. There's just two corners to go. He makes a lunge down the inside. Van Gisbergen's going to grab him. Oh, 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 oh,
after we left the circuit last night, there was an ongoing discussion about the legality of the pit stop, the third pit stop for car number 97. The bottom line to it, headline news, they are penalising car number 97. It means in net terms, Shane Van Gisbergen will finish fifth in yesterday's race. Yeah, it wasn't all easy for Scotty, though, because he still had to finish the race. And uh, we saw Davey Reynolds on the Sunday actually pip Scotty at the, at, uh, t- towards the end because I think it was pretty much, no, no, don't do anything stupid. Just finish the race, Scotty. Finish the race. But uh, yeah. he would have felt so much pressure in 2018. Yeah, like after, obviously, 2017 and how that <laughs> ended up, it, mm. was, uh, it was pretty heartbreaking. But... To come back and do it in 2018 in, uh, you know, I guess in those sort of circumstances, it would have been pretty cool. And I'm pretty sure SVG and the Red Bull Holden Racing team would have brought a different game on Sunday if they didn't get that penalty on Saturday. I think it really took the wind out of their sails. Yep. And they just didn't have it on Sunday. Scotty was leading there uh, for the majority of, especially the last stint. And obviously, Davey Reynolds had really good pace. And you're right, I don't think Scotty fought too hard because there was a lot at stake. And if he didn't finish and, and Shane, where he was, finished, uh, Shane would have won the championship. So he, I think he let let uh, Davey past and, uh, or made it easy for him to get past. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, obviously he was still standing on the podium but uh, for, the, for the round or for that, for that race. But... Um, but Come uh, the end of it, he had the big trophy, which was what they all want to want to strive for. Yeah, it was re- it was funny too because your old man actually said that it was lo- it felt like Lakeside back in '81 uh, um, at the end of that. And uh, considering what happened in 2017, 2018 just would have really been the icing on the cake. Truly a tale of redemption. But uh, what do you think will happen going into tw- uh, Newcastle 2019? How's Scotty's mindset going to be? Because for a track that's literally only you know that we've only had two major rounds at, there's a sh- there's a hell of a lot of history there. No, you were going to swear then, I was. I was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. Um, there is a lot of history there, but there there is still a massive amount at stake over the weekend because the team's championship, yeah. which is a hard-fought championship, is coming down to, obviously, Red Bull Holden Racing Team and Shell V-Power Racing. It's, it's, it's going to be... A dogfight because I know for a fact that both teams, especially Roland Dane, they hold the team's championship almost or basically higher in regard than the driver's championship yeah. because it really showcases everybody in that team. Not that the driver's championship doesn't, but it just showcases everybody in that team uh, doing their job that year to bring home that prize. Uh, and I know, obviously, after the 2017 heartache that uh, uh, Scotty Mack had losing the championship to, to Jamie Wincup, uh, I know that the Shell V-Power Racing team, who actually won the team's championship in 2017, Roland Dane, mm-hmm. was livid, absolutely livid. He actually went away for two weeks and no one could contact him. He was actually that upset of losing the team's championship. That's how high a regard these sort of guys hold it and uh, I think it's going to be on for young and old down there at uh, and Newcastle on the weekend to get that team's championship into one or the other garage. Big, big show ahead. Michael Caruso will be joining us as will Mark Winterbottom who celebrates 500 starts this weekend. Listen to the driver's seat. Back with more right after this. This Sunday here at Hidden Valley goes to the younger. Michael Caruso is now a V8 supercar race winner. What a sport.
spectacular finish to the 2009 Super Chief Auto Bathurst 1000 in third place for Gary Rogers Motorsport, Lee Holdsworth and Michael Caruso. This has been a very, very impressive run for Michael Caruso. He's still got 1.8 seconds in hand and this is going to be a very sweet victory. Can you believe it? Well done, Michael Caruso. Beautiful drive, Michael Caruso. Yeah, I don't know if we should be talking to our next, next guest, Stevie, because technically he's our competition. Uh, he's one of the, <laughs> one of the hosts of uh, Below the Bonnet. But uh, b- before he had all these stellar media commitments, he was actually a damn good steerer for Kelly Racing and Gary Rogers Motorsport. Don't you reckon? He absolutely was. I mean, he was a massive part of both of those teams and where they got to uh, in supercars. Obviously, um, and we'll talk a bit more about it with him, uh, with his obviously the whole the whole Nissan, uh, I guess end of an era for him and also for Nissan, mm-hmm. um, but yep. also you know running back a little bit further with uh, with Gary Rogers. So a couple of teams that you know big changes for the end of both of those teams. Gary Rogers we're not going to see on the grid next year yeah. in supercars, and also obviously Nissan uh, are, are going from a Nissan to a, to a Mustang at Kelly Racing. So it's going to be uh, big times ahead for those two teams. Yeah, for a bloke that doesn't apparently have a full-time drive, he's been doing a lot of driving and a lot of other stuff too. But please welcome back to the driver's seat the one and only Michael Caruso. Boys, um what an intro. <laughs> Firstly, thank you very much, Nimsy and uh, Stevie J. Well done, and, and thank you for everybody listening in because it's been a while, but I'm excited now after that little run of play. It makes me want to be a race car driver again. <laughs> <laughs> mate, uh, mate, tell us a bit about, obviously, it's been a, you know, and I've been through a similar thing where, you know, at the end of a year, you're not sure what you're doing and you just want to be on the grid. Um, you know, it's a pretty stressful time, isn't it? And obviously, you're able to to land a pretty good seat there with uh, with Cam Waters uh, in the Monster Energy Mustang. Um, you know, how give us a bit of a rundown on now that the the Pertec Enduro Cup's over of of how it went, what you thought, and um, and, and what you didn't like. Um, well. It's definitely a different scenario, mate, and you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, when you're when you're a main series driver, and when you'd been doing it for you know ten plus years, which I was very fortunate enough to do, um, it, it's quite a different role to uh, support another driver in their their chase for not just glory at the three biggest events of the year, but obviously their championship is um, you know at stake as well. So. Uh, I'm very fortunate that Cam is a really good guy and uh, he was pretty excited to have me along in the team and we'd gone door to door for many years and I, so I knew he was a good steerer but um, he, you know, I guess he trusted me with the car and trusted my feedback which made that transition very easy because, um, you know, going into a different team, a new team, new car, uh, there's all those, uh, you know, I guess chemistry yeah. um, that needs to come together so you can get the most out of it. Um, you know, not just for yourself on a personal level, but for the team yeah. and uh, the other driver as well. Did you have much to do with with Cam before that? I mean, I know you raced against him, uh, but socially and all that sort of thing, did you have much to do with him? No, not really. So on a social level, um, we did have a period. Uh, we spoke about it actually when we when we joined up, where we were literally qualifying next to each other for probably six or seven races. I can't remember what year it was. 
Um, you mustn't have taken each other out because, uh, because because he wanted no, you with him exactly. in the Juros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we never had those awkward moments where you're like, oh, remember how you used to be a... Uh, I don't know, are we allowed to swear on this show? Yeah, I'll go for your life. Yeah. yeah, you used to be an idiot on the track, but you know, let's join up. But um, fortunately enough, we never had those scenarios. So um, it worked really well. We... We were similar height, but let's be honest. I have to wear a, I have to use an insert with any driver, <laughs> unless I'm with Lee Holdsworth, um, to uh, to partner up with because he's shorter than me, so he'd be having the insert if it was the other way around. Well, mate, you haven't really lost any pace because one of one of the few things that we've seen that really shocked us this year was a top ten finish for a GRM Commodore, and that's what that was at your hands when you stepped in for Richie Stanaway. We talked to Tim Edwards, and he said, basically, Gary picked up the phone and said, I want Robbo. Tim said, yep, that's fine. And there you were at GRM. What was it like being back uh, uh, in Gary's fold again? It, uh, it was actually quite humbling. I mean, to have Gary call me, and, and, you know, I was very much aware of how the team were running. They had a, you know, a long run of um, some very tough results. Uh, they would, you know, sort of deep in the teens and in the 20s, majority of the whole season. And um, to have someone call you up, you know, I've always had a very good relationship with, with Gary, but he could have called anyone, but he called a driver that was signed to another team. Um, and that, you know, I, I took that, you know, really well. And, and as a, a big compliment, because um, he, he always knew of my ability, not just in terms of speed, but to, to assist, um, particularly on a technical level, which... Um, you know, which was really nice and, um, you know, go there and come out and have a top 10 in the first race after sitting out for 10 or 12 months or whatever it was at the time um, was really, really enjoyable. But, um, you know, that team has, although there's a few new faces, there's a lot of faces that were there from when I started and those guys and girls down there, are, you know, Gary just builds a great team of people that yeah. um, enjoy going to work it's um because that's what it is it's it's not just the sport that we all love doing it's it's a job too for everybody and um and they love it so that atmosphere is you know it's actually it was actually pretty ironic though that that you actually uh subbed in for uh richie stanaway because um uh, (laughs) nimsy have you got that have you got that uh bit of i guess voiceover from 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 townsville Townsville? i I certainly do in fact i think we've played this before Richie Stanaway and David Caruso spun out on lap one. Caruso's day went from bad to worse when he crashed heavily into the tyre barrier thanks to a shunt from Anton de Pasquale. She, she yeah. had a struggle, didn't she struggle wow, getting those a names out? a big day. Um, I do want to ask you something though, mate. I do want to ask you something yeah. seriously that uh, it was actually quite, well, it was going around the pits and going around the, the V8 fraternity quite a bit that you'd actually already signed a deal with Red Bull to co-drive with Shane Van Gisbergen. Um, was that actually true? Uh, uh, yes. It, I mean, it was. We, I'd done the deal with, with Shane, uh, well, to drive there. Um, yep. Once I'd learned, uh, you know, my position wasn't going to be available um, with Kelly Racing. And yep. um, so, you know, obviously it was pretty cool to firstly to, to speak with them and have you know, Roland, um, you know, have hold me in high regard enough to, to be with those guys. And yeah. um, it obviously, and it, you know, it was always going to be a stretch in literally um, me driving with Shane. Yeah. Yes. The height wise. Well, <laughs> Shane wouldn't everybody. have to, Shane wouldn't have had to get out of the car. You could have just run a second lot of belts on I his could, lap and he, he would have been just, sweet. 
I could have sat on his lap exactly yeah. and <laughs> kept driving. <laughs> um, but, you know, I went up there and did a seat fit and what have you, and I actually fitted quite well. But, um, you know, it, obviously with Garth coming out, you know, I understood that it made uh, it made sense for them. And, you know, there's no harm done. I still get along with them quite well. And the yep. position with uh, with Tickford opened up and, uh, and off we went. Well, obviously that's, um, you know, as you and I know, uh, a lot of people out there probably don't, but the motorsport industry is a very small industry and um, you, you can't burn your bridges, can you, at all? You know, even though that you would have probably fitted in there quite well and done just as good a job as GT, I think. Um, obviously that opportunity and that was their decision, so you just had to move on and luckily enough you uh, you got a pretty good gig, I think, uh, in with Cam Waters, which was probably a bit better fit. Yeah, look, I, I don't take things personally. I mean, I understand it's a big business. Um I've been around long enough to understand the realities and the commercial realities, which we all talk about so much in motorsport. Um, you know, it, it is a small community and you're spot on, mate, because you just never know when another door might open and who might be there opening it up. So, yeah. um, you know, not all drivers operate like that or all people <laughs> in pit lane. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I think that sort of stuff, uh, that character is, is something, you know, you, you've, you either have and you've been brought up that way or you, you sort of don't have it. This is the driver's seat for Kubota, building Australia. Welcome back to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota, building Australia. Nims is all and Stephen Johnson with you. Our guest this morning is Michael Caruso. Robo, one thing that I've loved uh, since you stepped aside from full-time driving is your media commitments, mate. I mean, RPM and uh, obviously the Below the Bonnet podcast. It's just been great to... We, we're sort of seeing a side of the sport that we never used to see before by guys that are actually, you know, still fresh in the game. But uh, the thing that really, really went on and on this year was, of course, parody. And a bloke that spent a lot of time <laughs> driving in a Nissan, and you look at Nissan, they, they finish up its supercars time with three wins, 17 podiums and four poles since its debut uh, when Car of the Future came in in 2013. This year, we've had so many parity changes trying to get everything up to speed. You feel like maybe if someone tried that much with the Altima to, to match the Commodore and the Falcon, we might not be seeing Nissan, you know, bugger off out of the sport. It's funny you mention that because the way it was for the six years I was there was it was up to the team to um, to come to the table and try to meet uh, you know the same standard uh, in terms of the Holden and the Ford and through the various models that they had at the time and uh, with this year it's nearly been the other way around you nearly go to supercars and say well we're behind clearly mm. um this is the change we want to have and you know you just get it three three kick and that might be only two mm. rounds into the championship or four rounds into the championship and we sort of saw that this year which was a completely different approach from supercars where we were locked in from the get-go we you know the only thing you could do was improve your engine throughout the year whatever aero you had you had it for 12 months yeah which um, we never got right clearly for for the six years that I was there. But the, the upgrade that they got towards the end of this year, to be honest, they probably had their most competitive package that they've ever had the whole time. So what what they got at Bathurst, we yep. saw, and what we spoke about even at Tickford and uh, and from people that I spoke with in pit lane, they had probably the fastest cars in a straight line. 
So yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was laughing with Dean Fiore because he, he rang me up and he's like, mate, you wouldn't believe it. I was passing people down the straight. You would have been <laughs> loving it. And I'm like, yeah, thanks, Dino. It only took seven years that for that market. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's wings and roundabouts. <laughs> it's, uh, and it's funny, though, because um, you know, I know I rate Rico pretty high as a driver. And, uh, uh, you know, Andre coming in, I think it feels like, for me, it feels like when you left, I mean, you were, in my view, personal view, so I can't say this, you know, speaks for everybody else, but in my personal view, you were the you were the benchmark there. You know, you were the one that was week in, week out, especially at the front of the Nissans um, and generally the highest up the grid um, out of the out of the four cars. Um, Andre seems to have taken that mantle now and, and he's doing a, I think he's doing a bloody good job there with, with that car. Obviously, the car, as you said, is better now, but you know, week in, week out, he's just delivering, isn't he? Yeah, he's doing a good job. And I think um, you know, he's, he's utilising what, what he has within the team. So that's all you can do when you're a driver. You you know, we, we hear lots of commentary around people saying, oh, that guy hasn't got it, or this girl has it, and that one hasn't got it. And, you know, and everyone's got their opinion of, oh, yeah, they're too old or they're too young and they'll come good. But the realities are all the teams in pit lane um, are in different situations, particularly financially. And we don't talk about it too much because no one really wants to go into a race meeting conceding that they don't have the goods to do the job. But the realities of our sport, unfortunately, is that there's there's no spending cap, and I'm not saying there should be one, but um, you can spend as much money as you've got. So if, if there's teams at the front of the field that are spending, apparently, uh, you know, in excess of $10 million on two cars, that would have been more than we were spending on four cars at the time while I was at Nissan. So <laughs> put that in perspective, you, well, how, you, how you squeeze more out of it, um, spending less money is, is extremely difficult you know, situation. Well, speaking of, speaking of money, obviously there's, there's a pretty big, uh, obviously, push for another series with regard to the Australian Racing Group. And, you know, TCR's at the forefront of that. Mate, speaking of, obviously, next year in 2020, now that you're your supercar driving duties are done this year. Um, yep. You know, I would assume you're rolling, I'm not sure if it's confirmed or not yet, are you rolling over with Tickford for another year there with Cam? Yeah, so I can stay with Cam. There and, the, yep. you know, the, the relationship works really well. Um, as to, you know, doing anything else, it, it's hard to know. And, and again, it comes down to having that support, um, you know, from a corporate level to, yep. to be able to, you know, utilise opportunities that are available to me. You know, like, look, there's lots of interest um, and we hear it, lot, you know, lots up and down pit lane. The opportunities are, are there um, and I'm fortunate enough that not just in you the You can actually have a lot of opportunities if you bring a bag of green notes. <laughs> <laughs> there's so that's many opportunities. Them, mate, because that's exactly right. It's, and yeah. they are. You know, we, you know to, to the some of the drivers coming into the category in supercars in particular, they, they have to work their butts off out of the car to make those opportunities happen because it's not happening from just pure skill. There's obviously an element of um, financial support to the team that, that needs to come with it. And that, and that's no different in any category. So um, for these, you know, drives to become fruition, you, you need that support. And, um, you know, it doesn't just come out of thin air. Someone's got to pay to run the car, tyres and petrol and oil and everything costs money. So it's, yep. uh, you know, again, when, as you, grow a bit wiser you you understand that more and more and um and that's 
yeah, the realities of motorsport. Well, Robo, it's it's been a blessing in disguise having you um, not have a full time drive because we have been seeing you on RPM below the bonnet's doing fantastically. And uh, just another thing too, mate, in the below the bonnet co-drivers cup, you actually beat Luffy, and we've said the entire year that he's the king of the co-drivers. So you've done you've done all right. <laughs> <laughs> we we've loved doing the the co-drivers cup. I mean, Stevie J would know. It's something we've spoken about within the driver community and up and down pit lane for years and years and years. That you know. When it comes to those sessions, it, those <laughs> the drivers within it, they take it so seriously. And now being there and seeing it, I can see. Yeah, I see why they do it. You know, they they only get a few opportunities a year to show their talent. Um, <laughs> you, you've got to know when to. to yeah. I mean, obviously, the, between the the ones that make mistakes and don't, you obviously got to know when to use it. But um, yeah, it's been lots of fun. Um, GT flogged everybody this year, so I said to Cam, you know, mate, I don't, what have I got to do? It will Cam and the engineer, because the engineer normally dictates what tyres you're on. Um, boys, what have I got to do to make sure I get some really nice tyres for these sessions? Because there's more on the line now for than ever before. Fifteen dollars fifty, boys. I mean, please. That's that's more money than winning batters. Oh, mate. And I, and I just keep thinking that it's so lucky. It's so lucky that, um, you know, thinking of the Co-Drivers' Cup and how important it is, could you imagine if it wasn't Scotty Mack that did that in qualifying it at uh, the Gold Coast, if it was Alex Premier that did it in the Co-Drivers' Cup? Ooh, oh, it'd be a hard, it would be hard to come back from that. Yeah, it would be. I mean, and that's the thing. You, you measured in the, in the Co-Drivers' sessions or when the Co-Drivers are out there, by near, like you know, everyone seems to measure everyone by how many mistakes they make. Yeah. which is a weird scenario. So, um, yeah, you you very heavily judged. I mean, everyone normally is, but you know, you're obviously you're there to support the main driver. So the last thing you want to do is is ruin their uh, opportunity. It, yeah. But um, yeah, it it's a hard it's a hard position, isn't it, mate? Like, oh, sorry, Nims, I know we got to wrap it up. No, but no, you're good. Like, it's it's you've got to do the best you can. You got to drive as fast as you possibly can. You've got to make no mistakes, but you got to be remember that if you do make a mistake, it's going to cost the main driver a heap of points. Like it's it's a yeah, really hard position to be in, isn't it? Sandown, didn't we? We saw that at Sandown, you know, with that co-driver's race when it yep. got a bit greasy and there were people making mistakes and the ones that didn't, you know, obviously hung on to it and did well. But um, you know, you're normally driving in a car that you're not familiar with, a car that. You, not set up for you as well you know it's normally set yep. up around the main driver because they're gonna have to do the majority of the work and go the fastest so it's it's not an easy position to be in but it is it's a challenge it's a good challenge i, I enjoyed it this year um you know driving with the team and it's it's you know that's that's what i love about motor racing you, you just you, you never just love know. the wild cards um, that come in don't you <laughs> Well, that was that was interesting, wasn't it? The old and here we're talking about the Kostecki brothers. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that that was. Uh, <laughs> I thought I thought I'd just slip that one in to see what you thought of that. Yeah, that, I mean it was disappointing. I mean, twenty-eight yeah. laps into a five-hundred-kilometer race, um, yeah, to to get stuck in the fence, it was you know disappointing. Not just for me because I was at the wheel, but um, you know, Cam was probably was really upset because, you know, he's trying to have a crack at the championship and the way the race panned out, we, we would have had a, you know, a shot. We had a very good shot to be in the podium because um, yep. we were already up to about P6 by then. So Yeah, and um, you're actually in front of yeah. Lee, in front of Lee mm. Holdsworth who ended up finishing yeah. third at that point. So you were right there at the front. Uh, I don't think yeah, really yeah, anyone yeah. was going to touch the Red Bull cars. They were just oh, on no. another planet. So they're, in a, 
Yep. But, and then that the looks the same this weekend as well, doesn't it, mate? Like it's they're going to be <laughs> yeah. hard to beat. They're on an absolute steamroll at the moment. But absolutely, the old teams championship would be interesting to watch this weekend. That's for sure. Absolutely, yeah, cannot wait for that one. But uh, Robo, mate, we we really appreciate you taking some time out to chat with us. You're always welcome back here on uh, on oh, the driver's seat, good. mate. And uh, and also thank you for being appreciative of the intro at the start because when we gave oh. one to Dave, he actually said, "Oh, can you give me a different song?" That's <laughs> No, that is Dave to a T. He doesn't know what hard work is. To put that all together would have taken time <laughs> and effort. <laughs> oh, well, appreciate your time, Robert. Thanks Robo. a lot, guys. Talk no, soon. No, thanks for having me on, and you're doing a good job. Keep it up. Better electrical sand right at 500. Really good effort to hit there, mate. That's a great racing. Jackson good job. Bright, Mark Winterbottom wins Sandown. And that is Winterbottom's first ever V8 round victory. Introducing the 2015 V8 Supercast champion, Mark Winterbottom. It is quite a decorated career there. And this weekend at Newcastle, Mark Winterbottom will be chalking up 500 supercars race starts. When he lines up on Saturday's race 31. 500, Nimsy. Now, you've oh, done, yeah, that's you, a lot of races. You've done 400 plus, Steve. So uh, it's, yeah. it, it's, it, he's passed you in that group uh, by quite a fair bit. But um, <laughs> <laughs> the great man does join us before Newcastle. He's taken a bit of time out to have a bit of a yarn as we celebrate a glorious career that's just going to get bigger. Please welcome back to the driver's seat, Mark Winterbottom. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> How was that intro? Far out. Nimsy's on fire. Cool. Very, very cool. It's um, unfortunately stopped at 2015. I've got a bit of work to do, but um, <laughs> no, it's, it's pretty cool, you know, to not only do what you love, but to do it for so long. Um, you know, the, the stats, it's funny, the, there's statisticians out there and, and stuff who tell you these races come up, but it still feels, it doesn't feel like 500, you know, it just goes so quick. So, um, yeah, done a lot in that time, good and bad, but um, it's still going, which is pretty cool. It's such a cool sport to be in and, and to do it for so long has been um, has been amazing really and hopefully more to come that's the that's the plan <laughs> mate um do you i mean i never did um and as you said the statisticians always tell you people like aaron noonan the sleuth and mm. and those sort Little of guys and all that yeah, yeah but I, I i mean i never used to know and they used to just come to me oh you know what's your you know 200th round or it's your 400th start i think i had my my 400th start was in townsville so um yeah it was it, it's i never really followed that stuff do you do you follow what you've done or what how many races you've won or uh started at all no not really like um it's always the pr team that come up with the with the number but um i'm pretty pretty proud of 500 actually it's one that um <clears throat> and i think i celebrated 100 then i celebrated 200 and then it was 250 and they'll clutch in its drawers at 260 270 for a bit but um <laughs> but 500 500 is cool i reckon that's uh but maybe not so much the number but when they rattle off a stat like you're the only the seventh person um, person to do it that was really yeah. cool i think that's a cool stat and then i also read one that um that said that i had a 30 percent podium rate as well which i was like you know you don't think of that stuff but um you kind of do when you retire because that's when you run over all the stats and stuff like that. But yeah. at this point in career, um, I didn't know those sort of numbers. So um, 
that was cool. You know, like even on the intro, you know, you're 400 plus, but I remember, you know, watching you for years and it feels like the careers of people that you've watched, um, you know, to, to then say you're the only, you know, seventh person to do it. That's when it starts yeah. to get cool. So yeah, I, I'm pretty proud of this one, but, um, Hopefully, you know, you get to 500, it's like a cricketer, you want to keep going and <laughs> knock out 550, 600, whatever it is, and keep going, so we'll see how far we can get. You've got plenty of years yet, mate, you haven't got grey hair like me, so you're uh, you're fine, you'll, you'll be right. <laughs> hey, moving forward though, like obviously next year, your uh, your Irwin racing team moves to two cars next year, that's, um, you know, speaking to you even off air, just generally, I know uh, how... Uh, coming into a, a single-car team can have its difficulties, and obviously uh, Lee Holdsworth sort of touched upon that. Having another teammate and a teammate in Scotty Pye that's uh, that's going to be there to push you along, That's that's got to be a pretty good thing, and you've got to be excited about that, don't you? Well, there's, yeah, cool stuff happening, and that's um, that was the challenge of joining Charlie's. Um, I've really enjoyed this year and getting the, you know, getting the structure in place, um, there was 14 people when I started. There's three that were there existing that are still there now. So not not that you got rid of them all, but it's just through circumstance. Things have happened, and we've recruited really well. Um, so next year, if we went one car, we were going to be a hell of a lot stronger anyway. But now we're ready for two, and that was a, a good time to do it. Um, a few licenses on the market, uh, you know, a sponsor that wanted to come on board mm. could see good things happening. So that, that looked after the budget for the second car. Then you've got to look at drivers available and, and Pi had a few options and he saw that, that we're doing things that he wanted to be a part of. So that was really cool. And now it lets us recruit more staff as well. So, um, you know, it's all pluses um, for, for what, you know, for what we're doing going forward, some more engineers, more mechanics, more infrastructure, more resource, stuff like that. So, um, it's really exciting what's happening, but we had to get everything sorted before we could expand because if they did it last year, they, they just physically weren't ready to do it. So um, yeah, I feel like everyone's in a good space there and we're getting, we've got good car speed. We're getting reasonable results, but we just need that, that solid weekend where it all goes to plan and um, we get the trophy. And I think the morale of the guys is really high, but a trophy would go so far with that team. Mm. And um yeah, it's good good things to come, but um, like any driver, you want it yesterday, and um, Newcastle is a good opportunity for us, and we regroup, we rehire, and um, yeah, big year next year. Rossi, obviously, uh, all the silly season talk last year was your move from Tickford to Team 18. Uh, has it been all right for you when you sort of still see at the racetracks, all the fans still coming up? I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of um, diehard Ford, fan, Ford fans wearing Irwin merchandise saying this is the first bit of Holden merchandise I'll ever buy because uh, they've just latched onto you in the 500 races that you've that you've uh, clocked up in your career, mate. I mean, and not only that, too, you still have got all the support of, you know, in the bottle of colours that still rock up. And Steve, we can even attest to this. I still wear my Pepsi Max crew shirt with pride. So Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> so, so, you, what, you can get a new, we can get you a new one if you want. But, oh. um, <laughs> we'll get you the, we'll get you the 90s model. We can sort you out. But, um, but no, it's, it's really, it's really cool. You know, we, we live and breathe what we do. And, um, you know, when you look at your career, 500 races or whatever it is, um, you know, going forward, 13 years at one team, um, was a was a big stint and one that you know you're really proud of that because people don't go to work for 13 years at the one workplace you know that was a really in a high pressure 
high turnover, high changing sport to, to see out that long and have the success mm. and and friends and relationships and all that stuff that we had um, was amazing. And people see that. They, they either turn on you because you've gone from one brand to another or um, know that you put everything into it, um, needed a change and support you for the person you are. So it's been good to to see, um, you know, Ford fans that, like you said, would never wear a Holden shirt mm. um, coming up and saying, hey, I bought this Irwin shirt. It's the first one. I've ever worn in a Holden, um, not that it's Holden branded massively, but it's it's yep. you know it's supporting a Holden race car, so um, that's pretty cool, and that means people genuinely like you and support you, and um, and that that's I don't know you, 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 know, you see that week in week out at the tracks, and people when they buy merchandise, first of all, is a big blow up, you know, blows you away because it's hard earned money and. They're buying it to show yeah. you their support. Um, it still blows me away, but um, yeah, really lucky that people do support you and love to get results because when you see people in your shirts, you feel a bit of, um, you know, take ownership that you should be getting results to do that shirt yeah. proud. So um, yeah, that's the next part. Mate, um, like, has it been a big change for you to go from driving Ford your whole life to, to now driving a, a Commodore? I, I mean, I know... Um, as a driver, we, we as a driver get in and drive anything, and you just get the best out of what you got. Um, have you had to like change any of your, uh, I guess your your style to to suit what you've got to get the most out of it? It's probably more the the team um, change. I could have gone from a you know from a Ford to a Ford, but um, going from Kickford to Charlie's has been a big shift. Um, yep. That's probably been the biggest thing. You know, eighty staff at Tickford versus 14 staff at Charlie's. It's it's just different. And there's things that when you've got a staff of 80, things happen that you don't necessarily see. And and you sort of don't know what some people do sometimes because it's so big. They're just covering, um, you know, lots of roles, but with lots of people. When you go to Charlie's, you walk in there and everyone's multitasking a bit because with 14 people, you've got to... The, the fabricator's then got to be on the tyres and then it's got to be doing something else and whatever it is, you know, they, they're, they're doing multiple jobs. Their sticker guy um, who's just come over is doing dampers. So everyone's got these, like, multitasking jobs. That's been the biggest thing because instead of just going to a person in an assigned area and I've got a gearbox issue, sub-assembly, you've got an engineering problem, you go to here, damper problem. But, you know, that's been the biggest shift where... Um, smaller team trying to get everything out of everyone um, and then the setup of the car has been totally different too in, the, in terms of how Phil Keed, you know philosophy is completely different so there's all these factors that come in um, to be honest it could be a Ford to a Ford or a Holden to a Holden and it would still feel like a massive shift and um, it's taken a while to get my head around it but that's been one of the biggest things coming to the back end of the year just understanding how to drive the car, how to get the most out of the team and stuff, yeah. get everyone ready. Because as much as it is on you, you've got to make sure everyone doing their roles is in the right role and in the right spot. Um, you know, everything's on time because you don't have time to lean on, you know, another 65 people to come and get yeah. you back if you're mm. in trouble and all those flow on effects. But um, that's been the enjoyable part. I've actually enjoyed that side of it. Well, Frosty, you don't do 500 uh, starts in the 
in this sport uh, without having a fair bit of skill behind you, mate. So we've got the full confidence in you. And uh, I, I would have added more uh, highlights, uh, but Steve, for some reason, wanted me to add the Desert 400 in Bahrain win to it. Don't know why, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to add the off at Bathurst because he came through and took the lead in that race. In that yeah, race. I did. <laughs> I did too, yes, yes. Well, like I said... Yeah, Winterbottom's off and Johnson hits the lead. He's an amazing yeah. driver for you, Jake. <laughs> that was a great pass, I thought. That was one of my finest passes at Bathurst. It was around the outside and inside, so you got both. Yeah, yeah got And both it was on dirt so as well, well as bitumen. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks, thanks, thanks. I'm not, I appreciate I'm not it. I'm not heartbroken from it. Yeah, no. <laughs> but, but yeah, all the best for this weekend, Frosty. And uh, always a pleasure to get you back on the driver's seat, mate. Thanks, guys. Cheers. That wraps up another big edition of the driver's seat. A big thank you to Michael Caruso and Mark Winterbottom for jumping on the show. Uh, Steve, a rare weekend where you're not racing uh, or having to do any drive-throughs. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> it's the only thing I'm going to be doing is working on a Hyundai Excel for my son <laughs> because next weekend uh, we're racing in the uh, Hyundai Excel Enduro at Winton together. So uh, I've got to get this little rocket ready. Um, then we're going to do a bit of a road trip from uh, Gold Coast next Tuesday down to, on Tuesday I should say, down to uh, Sydney to do a little bit of a appearance for him at one of his little sponsors hmm. uh, shops at uh, APW Wentworthville, the petrol station there. And then we're going to head off to Winton on the uh, Thursday morning and we're down there for three days. So I, I can't wait. It's going to be great fun. Yeah, I did see that uh, he's he's a busy man. He's a busy man, your son. I can tell you that. <laughs> Looking at his Facebook page, you can. that's the best way to keep up to date with everything that uh, young Jetty's doing. The car looks absolutely mega too. So a super livery there. Who, who did the livery for that? Uh, it was actually one of our good friends, Scotty Yorston from SS Media, who does a lot of the supercars. He actually did the Kiss livery on the Erebus race cars. So um, mint too. Yeah. They look awesome. So Scotty is the man. Uh, we love him. He's just done so much for us, and he was so happy to be able to design Jet's little Hyundai with a with a themed, uh, I guess, Dick Johnson or Grandpa XD look because <laughs> Jet wanted it blue and he wanted gold wheels like Grandpa's car, and Scotty did an amazing job designing, obviously, all the different sponsors that, that Jet got himself, mind you. I never got them. Jet mm. went out and got them himself uh, to go on that car. So uh, well done, Scotty, from SS Media. Yeah, there was some... Uh Absolutely killer renders on uh, his Facebook page, so make sure you check those out. But uh, that wraps up another big edition of The Driver's Seat. We'll see you here same time next week. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.